Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Hi, today I'm so excited I get to introduce to you Kathy Lip and Sherry Gregory. They are friends as well as co-authors, both speakers. Kathy is the host of the Clutter Free Academy podcast. Uh, I wish she were my neighbor, maybe I could use some help in that area. Everyone who knows me knows that. <clears throat> we'll keep going. And she is a best-selling author of The Husband Project, which I have read, Kathy, and I probably oh. I probably passed it on to someone and I probably need to go get it back. Um, clutter free. We all need the refreshers. <laughs> we all need the refreshers. Praise God. As Peter said, let me remind you. <laughs> um, and then also co-authored ready, ready for everything. Was that one of your co-authored books? No, uh, but you wrote ready for everything. And then an abundant yes. place, which is this beautiful book I got in uh, um, from Amazon a couple weeks ago, and it's just beautiful. And we are going to be talking about that today. Um, Kathy is funny, which I really appreciate, and wise and practical. And that's what I like. I think that's a great combination to be practical. Oh, you, thank you. Yeah, you are. You And you're self-effacing and you make mistakes and oh, well, because we all do. And uh, so bless right. your heart. Bless your heart. And thanks for your time. And then Sherry, I just met this morning and she delights in helping people draw closer to Jesus. And she the next line is this, the strength of every tender heart. And when I read that, I thought, now, why did she describe her ministry in that way? Closer to Jesus, the strength of every tender heart. And then I read the next line. She uh, works with the highly sensitive people, HSP. I'm guessing that's what that means. Mm -hmm. All right. And she is the founder of Sensitive and Strong. Don't you just love that? The place for the HSP Christian woman to find connection. You know, I know so many people like that. In fact, there are some in my family family. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard about that, I thought, wow, that's that person. And mm -hmm. I can love her better because I understand her mm -hmm. better. So Sherry, thanks for being on the podcast today. She also has written several books. She has co-authored with Kathy. You don't have to try so hard. That sounds like a good one. Overwhelmed. That's me today. <laughs> and an abundant place. She and her college sweetheart, Daniel, have been married for more than three decades and they live up in the Monterey area of California. And I didn't say where you live, Kathy. What is it? What town are you close to? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> we are in Somerset, California, which nobody has ever heard of. We're between yeah. Lake Tahoe, uh, Sacramento and Placerville. So Placerville. We're, yeah, we're in the Placerville's our big city, which <laughs> would make people laugh if yes. they had been to Placerville. Yeah, so my, yeah, my brother used to live there. My first flight was from Palace LAX to Sacramento to see them when ah, I was in high school. Yeah. And yes, that was so, it's yes. a, that was a long time ago because I was 17 yep. and I'm almost 70. So there we go. I'll just announce it to I the world. You're going to tell me that your first <laughs> flight was from LAX to Placerville. And I was I thought, going no, to. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't know how that would happen, but awesome. <laughs> Placerville is a great place. Okay. Yeah. Well, your latest book, um, and we are, going to broadcast this close to Mother's Day, but it's really a great year round book for women. And my first question I thought when I picked it up was, what was your motivation? And you can each answer it behind writing an abundant place. You want to start with whoever wants I to I think start. our first motivation was a contract. 
because <laughs> we had written Overwhelmed and they wanted a follow-up to Overwhelmed. And um, I think we were thinking Bible study, you know, all sorts of things that we were thinking about. And, but, you know, it was a couple of years after that. And here was this worldwide pandemic. Oh. And um, talk about overwhelm. And we couldn't write a book about being overwhelmed in a pandemic no. because we were hoping by the time the book was out, the pandemic would be over or, oh, you know, oh well, Omicron. Oh, well, <laughs> oh, well. But, you know, we just thought, how do we, how do we serve the person who desperately needs an escape and just can't have it, whether mm -hmm. it's because of their life situation, taking care of aging parents, uh, a global pandemic, finance, whatever it is, how do we, how do we experience that sense of retreat when we can't get away? Yeah. Oh, and I neglected um, to say your tagline. It's called An Abundant Place daily retreats for the woman who can't get away. So I think that really spells it out right there. It's not just during a pandemic. It's because we feel we're so um, obliged to so many responsibilities as women. Yeah. We are caretakers by nature, whether or not we have children. We're always taking care of somebody and something. Our to-do lists are crazy. So that makes a lot of sense to a lot of women, I'm sure. Sherry, why did you, what was the motivation for you uh, behind writing this book? You know, the thing Kathy and I find when we speak to groups of women, it, when we ask them what they're struggling with, the number one word that would come up, I mean, without fail was overwhelmed. They mm -hmm. feel overwhelmed for all the reasons you just described. And so a devotional that is small to hold, it doesn't feel overwhelming. It doesn't look <laughs> overwhelming. It has lots of white space in it and something short and bite-sized that could be that reminder that could be that reminder of God's goodness to bring them back into God's word, to be able to say, yes, my, you know, circumstances outside of me may be overwhelming. This is something I can do. This is a, a little getaway. This is small enough. Like each, each devotional is just a few pages. It's mm -hmm. small enough. It doesn't feel overwhelming to, to do this. And when I'm done, I feel more grounded, more centered, and better able to handle them. You know, it doesn't solve all the overwhelm, um, but it puts them in a better place to um, go about their day. Well, I think every person listening to this right now will go buy it because of your phrase, bite-sized. You know, we just, we listen very short nowadays. You know, our attention span is shorter through social media or whatever, or maybe it's my age, who knows? But if it's a bite size, we go, okay, anybody can pause for uh, three minutes or five minutes. I was speaking to a group this last weekend and I told them how I found my sister laying on her bed with her journal Bible open while she was in college when I came home to visit. And I said, what are you doing? She goes, well, I'm having my quiet time for five minutes. And because I'm the entitled older sister, I said, five minutes. <laughs> and uh, she said, yeah, I, I see that if I make a five minute goal, I'll do it. Wow. You know, and the whole idea is to the power of habit, the whole idea of getting a habit. And if we know we can get closer to God and actually we may, that may not even be our listeners goal to get closer to God. They may just want some peace of mind mm -hmm. or some quiet. And so if they know this is a bite-sized way to get into God's presence, wouldn't you say that's what it is? Cause I, I sense that right away. Not only that, you have a how-to section at the beginning. Would Kathy, you want to explain that, how to get into the word? Um, 
you know what, if it's okay, I'm going to go grab my book. Sorry about that, guys. Um, And I've got eight copies around the house, but of course, none right here. Give me one second. (laughs) Sherry, do you want to talk while she's finding that? Your process of how you come to to the Lord, you have a process at the beginning of the book. Well, you know, yeah, I can go ahead and talk about, um, you know, one of the things that I love that um, Kathy puts in the early part of the book is how she sets up her quiet time space, right? not as a rigid rule with a check mark for each item, but as a place of kind of celebration and warmth and enjoyment. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a blanket, um, there's a candle, there's um, a, a warm drink, a favorite drink. Um, she, she can do a lit candle. I can't, I have a cat that would knock it over and burn down the house, but, you know, but for, for those of us who have furry family members, they might be involved as well. (laughs) And what I love about that is the intentionality that says, I am going to take this time. Um, and, and it may feel strange to stop serving all the people for a little bit of time. For some Mm -hmm. of us, that does feel like a tug. Shouldn't I always be denying myself and serving others, (laughs) but to be able to have that space and um, to make it something comfortable, enjoyable, something that we look forward to retreating into. Um, for some of us, it's an actual chair. For some of us, it's a basket with all of our things that travels around the house so that we can, you know, we can get that when and mm-hmm. where we can. And the ability to know that we can retreat even right where we're at is huge. It because is. it means we it don't is. have to go somewhere. We don't have to wait until we can go to that destination location, that we can create that retreat in time uh, right where we're at. My friend, Kathy. I think, oh, I was just going to say, I think, I think it's really, uh, you know, we, we think about getting away to like a retreat center or a vacation or something like that. And we spend all this time planning it. In fact, you know, sometimes the planning is as much fun as the actual retreat. (laughs) And so to think that our daily retreat, it's going to happen spontaneously. Um, It's, putting too much pressure on ourselves. We need mm-hmm. to be okay with saying, Hey, I'm going to put a little intention behind this. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine calls it putting yourself on the list. And we mm. can't, we are really in a self-care culture that we can overdo that. You know, aren't we supposed to be seeking God first in our lives? It's all over scripture. But I think when God commands us to come and seek him first, that is part of putting ourselves on the list because all of our, all of his commandments are for our good. And when he says seek, seek, and the best way to seek is by yourself. And if you can need possibly fit in five minutes, wow, so great. And at the beginning, Kathy, of the book, you, you have a way to approach scripture even. Do you remember that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one we're talking about how to uh, really spend some time, you know, marinating in it. And so it's just a little uh, acrostic uh, that it is um, space. So speak. I, I ask you to read the scripture aloud three times. I, mm-hmm. I know that when I read scripture, I can jump over it. I can uh, put my own words in there. But when you speak it aloud, it, it triggers a different part of your brain to be able to think about that and then ponder. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, what does the passage say? What is God bringing? Why is God bringing this passage to you now? you know, what, what sparks in you as you're reading that passage and then act, is there something that God wants you to do because of reading this verse today, commit. 
And this is not like, what do you have to commit to God? But what has God committed to you? What are God's promises to you in this? Where is God saying, I've got you, I've got you. And then express, take a moment to express to God how you think about what you've read. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's very simple. It could take less than two minutes, but it's a way of anchoring that word in your heart Mm. that it may have just been, um, a flyover before. (laughs) Um, there are hundreds of women's devotionals out there. What makes this one unique? I will say I, I love devotionals and I love to pick them up at different times. Uh, I feel like some devotionals have become a list of check marks, mm. like do this, do this, do this. And that's not always bad. It's just not always the space I'm in and not always where God wants me to be. So I am definitely not going to rag on other devotionals, <laughs> but um, sometimes I just need a gentle place. And mm. also, if your heart has been longing to get away, Sherry and I talk a lot about where we live. She's on the, the beach in Northern California, just gorgeous. She can see the Pacific Ocean from her, her kitchen window. Oh. I'm in the middle of the mountains surrounded by chickens, you know, very bossy chickens and uh, a greenhouse and 33 acres of trees that are occasionally trying to kill us, but for the most part are lovely to look at. And, you know, maybe if you, if your soul craves nature and you're not able to do that every day, this is, this is a good place to land. Oh, that's really great. I hadn't thought of that. Sherry, anything that you thought of too, um, as to how this devotional is unique in a plethora of devotionals? We just finished a six-week book club um, Mm -hmm. with a group of readers who went through all the devotionals together. And I'll tell you the things that stood out to them. They love the SPACE acronym. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, Kathy has that at the beginning of the book, but that's also um, after every single devotional. And there's just a few lines in the actual devotional. So for those of us who like a little exercise to do, or someday we want to do it and another day, we don't want to do it. We can, we can do that. The other thing they said they really, really loved was they loved that it was gentle, but challenging. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so many of the stories that Kathy tells, she shares something from her heart about something she has struggled with and then really points back out to God's faithfulness and trying again or taking that next step. And that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be the big grand gesture. It can be just showing up one more time. Mm. And so I think it really found this, this, this difficult <coughs> balance between lots of compassion, <coughs> lots of understanding, lots of girlfriend, we get where you're at. And let's move (laughs) and let's Let's take the next step. And God has better things in store for you. And we understand along in the process. So, yeah. So good. Um, My last question before we get into the legacy is what was your favorite chapter or devotional that you wrote? But before you tell me, I'll tell you a couple of my favorites, Kathy. I love the one about the chickens. Well, there's probably several about chickens and entitled entitlement and gratitude, because um, I don't like entitlement in other people. And yet I can be that one feeling entitled, expecting a little bit more from whoever was whoever's serving me or whatever. And the uh, antidote to that is to be um, thankful 
and to express mm-hmm. it. Someone told me years ago, gratitude not expressed is not gratitude. Mm-hmm. And so to um, really help the people you love to turn into the people you want them to be is to express gratitude for what they are becoming and what you hope them for them to become. So that was my favorite one of yours, Kathy. And then uh, Sherry's, I related so much to your power outage one. I almost couldn't even get past that one because that is me when the power goes out and I'm not HSP. I'm just mad. And uh, when that happens and, um, and I, I love your friend's very annoying comment was I know. <laughs> when, the power, when the power went out, Sherry, did you occur to you that God might have been inviting you to rest until the power came back on? Well, no, I did not occur to me. And um, so with you, Kathy, gratitude changed your perspective towards your circumstances, which we need daily. Yes. And then for Sherry to realize that when things are out of our control, we have to remember that God is the one who is really only the one who is ever in control and power outages and practical things like that. Just remind us of those things. So uh, can you each think of a favorite? I mean, maybe you love them all because you wrote them. I know how that feels, but is there one in particular? (laughs) It's like children. You have different favorites on different days. Let's just be super clear. (laughs) I have one that's called working it out and Mm. it talks about, our attitude towards work, how so many of us, like I have people who come to the Red House, they're like, I just want to get away. I just, I want, you know, I've been working so hard and they come to the Red House and they're looking for something to do. They want to go chop wood They're They want to, you know, bake muffins. And it's like, we are designed to work, but it, you know, it requires a rhythm. It requires a rhythm. And we work um, because that's what we're designed to do. At, but it's when God establishes our work, that our work has a rhythm and makes sense. Hmm. So I would say that's probably one of my favorites. Hmm. Have you learned that over time or did it just come to you one day when you were out chopping oh my wood? Goodness. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, uh, really, I, we were just doing another podcast episode and I feel like this rhythm idea has really I'm 54 years old and I don't know that this was a part of my life when I was 53. Oh, wow. So, and yeah, you, and you I, thought. I, I had ideas, I had opinions, I had thoughts, but I, I haven't taken, Sabbath has always been a struggle for me because it, it wasn't my day of rest. It was my day to catch up. Me too. And what I've come to really, truly understand is that when I put my work into the six days and I rest on the seventh, nobody dies. No, nothing, nothing bad happens. The world does not fall apart. And I am so grateful. And I've, I, I've always considered myself a super hospitable person, but I realized my hospitality was manic. It was always trying to impress, trying to make, and now that I have a day off, I, I have, I'm much more um, come as you are to be with us as we are. And it's not about putting on not about impressing it's about connecting Mm -hmm. I think that that is born out of this rhythm that has come from my life that I don't need 
I'll, I'll back up just a little bit. Like here on the mountain, when you only go into town once a week, your rhythm is established. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. garbage goes up on Tuesday. So you <clears throat> clean out the fridge then. Wednesday, you make your shopping list. Thursday, you make your meal plan. Friday, you go into town. Saturday, you cook. Sunday, you rest. Monday, you enjoy leftovers. Like it's, there is a rhythm that has been established, but I don't know that I would have had that rhythm of work and rest had it not been for really understanding that Sabbath is a gift to me. So I didn't fully understand it when I wrote the devotional. Interesting. Like, and now, yeah, I, I always think the best parts of the book often come after it's printed. <laughs> like, because you're still learning, you're still yeah. growing and mm-hmm. you get to talk about these things on wonderful podcasts. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. And that's uh, Sabbath is a gift to us and we we make it into something that it's not. Right. And, and right. I, have a, we, I have a, I have a great talk on hospitality versus entertaining where I talk, speak right to that point. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Sweet Sherry. What was your favorite? You know, I'd have to choose um, Fruit and Season, mm. uh, which was, uh, I, I literally live, um, well, I used to be surrounded by strawberry fields, and we used to have flats of strawberries just show up on our doorstep because mm. the organic farmer had a surplus. And so during strawberry season, we would end up just, you know, strawberry shortcake, strawberries and waffles, mm. strawberry jam. It was wonderful. But then come September, October, there were no more strawberries and we had to wait. So it was two seasons, strawberry season and waiting for strawberry season. <laughs> and uh, what, you know, and again, this is me watching nature at work around me, mm-hmm. help me realize, um, again, uh, you know, to use Kathy's word, there is a rhythm here. And um, there's a series of verses in Psalm 1 that talk about um, prospering um, in, in season and realizing, oh, I don't have to be productive all the time to prosper all the time. See, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm at um, type A. I've never, I always say I've never been popular, but by golly, I've been necessary. But in order <laughs> to stay necessary, I needed to stay productive because as soon as I wasn't producing, people didn't need me anymore. And I'm so very- Repeat that line again. I don't have to be productive to be prospering. Is that to what be you prospering. said? Prospering. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go to ahead. Prospering. Yeah. And so I've been in a season for the last few years where I'm not able to do as many things for people as you know maybe I've been used to and they've been used to. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that the sign, and I think the other thing is I mistakenly thought that fruit was the sign of my spiritual health. And if there was no fruit, it meant mm. I was not spiritually healthy. Oh, that's good. But the sign of spiritual health is having leaves that don't wither. It's it, And that's the mm. evidence that I'm uh, my roots are in the living water. And so mm. it's not the fruit. There's, there's in season and there's off season. There's fruit and then there's fallow. Mm. And which goes back to the idea of rest <clears throat> that Kathy's been talking about. Yeah. And of yeah. course, nonstop productivity is not sustainable. And so it's been a real source of comfort. It's been a challenge, but it's been a real source of comfort that during those times when I am not productive, I am not less valuable. Hmm. Um, and that I can still not only be um, spiritually growing, but that might be a time of, of greatest spiritual health, actually, hmm. and restoring my spiritual health during those times. Wow. Wow. Both of those answers are so great. I'm sure that you're going to get a run on sales for Christmas, maybe for a Mother's Day gift to yourself. <laughs> Uh, as you know, the legacy, I, I mean, excuse me, my podcast is about legacy. And um, what legacy do you each feel that you are giving right now? We don't have to wait till we're dead to leave a will with 
all of our chickens and rocking chairs in it, our books. But what legacy do you feel that you're living right now that you want to pass down to those who know and love you? Uh, I, this is just a small thing. Um, Harry knows about my obsession with soup currently mm. um, and how um, I'm, I'm putting soup into my rhythm. And mm. one of the things that I'm doing each week is we have uh, a neighbor here. He's one of the, re we were part of the Caldor fire. The Caldor fire started a mile and a half from our house. And part of the reason we still have a house is because Paul is our neighbor mm. and he's a volunteer firefighter and he helps save our house. Wow. And he's a single guy. He often has his girlfriend up here. And so every week I bring them soup. Wow. Uh, and, you know, he always jokes that he is so undeserving. He was just doing his job. I'm like, right. I'm just doing my job. Good for you. I love that answer, Kathy. Yeah. And so... Um, we all have a job mm. and when you don't know what else to do, you can always bring soup. Mm. You can always bring soup, mm -hmm. even if it's from Panera mm -hmm. or you heat up a can of Progresso. We all have our soup thing that we can do for somebody else. And so just, you know, trying to encourage people to find their soup. Mm -hmm. What is it your small thing that <clears throat> make a big difference in somebody else's life? That is beautiful. Yeah, people think they have to make this big elaborate gifting that God, is, God has not made me like you, so I guess I'm not very important. Mm -hmm. That whole production thing you're talking about, Sherry. and this, Yeah, and they go, well, I can make soup. In fact, I don't know if you'll have time, Kathy, to share a favorite soup recipe later on email, and I will give it to my I'd listeners. I'd be happy to. Yeah, that yeah. would be. I love, I love soup, and I love that whole idea that you give what God has given you. That's what hospitality is anyway. Uh, and so what about you, Sherry? What would be a part of your legacy? You know, I think if I could boil it down, I would say a legacy of breaking bad rules. I am a reforming Ooh. perfectionist. And literally, it's been 10 years since I formally made a break, a very public break with perfectionism. And um, that has, um, it has had ripple effect on other areas of my life where I was raised to believe fervently and question deeply. And the belief stays strong for me, but I am questioning more and more for, for quite some time there, it was really questioning the perfectionism mm. and um, it is, <clears throat> it is rippling into other areas. And, and maybe even part of the legacy is the fact that you can, you can believe fervently and question deeply at the same time. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of a professor I had in college. I said, I have doubts. And he said, and I could hardly talk because I was so emotional yeah. about it. And plus he was a man and I didn't want to embarrass myself. And he said, Sue, if God is not big enough for your questions, then he's not a big enough God, is he? Aww. He has no recollection of that conversation. I knew exactly where Great we were standing. Response. It made so much sense to me. Nice. So you feel like you have broken up with perfectionism. Um. For as the most much as part. I can, yes. <laughs> In process. Uh, yeah. what, what changes or obstacles did you have to make to have that happen, that legacy happen, Sherry? Um, I had to recognize it for what it was. Mm -hmm. um, I had to recognize that the, the, 
the perks of perfectionism were actually not perks and that it was actually killing me. And actually what happened for me was recognizing that it was starting to take over my daughter, that I had lost my mother to perfectionism, that we had not had a relationship because she was like, she was constantly strung out. And, you know, you said you have a talk on hospitality versus entertainment. She was an entertainer. Mm -hmm. And I watched the amount of stress and strain that it caused her. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I could never, ever compare or live up to those standards. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, I can live with it, but you know, there's things that we, as women, when we see a child in our life starting to come under that influence, we're like, oh no, (laughs) oh no, you do not get this child. You know, I may have settled for me. And so actually in, in, in seeing the impact on my daughter, I was able to look back and it's generational for me. It's just all the women. And I became furious. I became not just like, oh, this is just like a bad, you know, crazy uncle that lives in the basement. That's what perfectionism is. I realized, no, this is an abuser who is out to kill us. Wow. And I got angry. Hmm. And, you know, it, Kathy's been the whole, on the whole journey with me. Sometimes it hasn't been pretty. I mean, you know, when you're changing old habits, sometimes hmm. you overcorrect or undercorrect or do it badly. Um, but it's been um, a, a vital Sherry journey. The com- Sherry's a completely different person. And I really liked the person before, but I also know (laughs) this is more holy who she is. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is W-H-O. I get it. And that she is, um, she is serving and loving no longer out of fear, Mm -hmm. but out of it springs up from her relationship with God. And that's mm-hmm. so cool to see. And it's instructed me so deeply. Mm. Well, so you asked, what changes did you have to make? Kathy was the first person who taught me it was okay to fail. Wow. And fail and fail and fail. The failure wasn't fatal. I'm really good at it. Yeah, me I, too. Am, I am an expert <laughs> failer. Me too. Yeah. But when you have grace with yourself, doesn't it make you have more grace with other people? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And it's a hard lesson though, because none of us like to fail. Uh, I failed at something uh, a long time ago, actually all the time, but this particular one I shared with my brother and I was looking for sympathy. What I got was you learn a lot more through failure than you do through success. (laughs) That's not exactly what I was looking for, but all right. I don't really want to learn these lessons. Well, bless your heart. Uh, What, um, because this is welcome heart, how do your lives embody the welcoming heart of God? Kathy, we'll start with you. You already talked about soup. Was there something else you wanted to add? Um, I think coming to the understanding, God has given us a lot, not necessarily materially, but with our relationships, but it's not for us. It, it's mm. not for us. It's, it's okay. Who needs this? Where does this go? Um, we've had a lot of people stay here at our home uh, who have been in, you know, evacuated from their town because of fire who have been in crisis in their home and needed a safe place to stay Hmm. and so um i always thought i'll do that someday when my life is more together i'll do that someday when i have more time now this is my someday home right now so everything that i want to do someday to serve today is the day wow i love that Hmm. that's how you make your to-do list That's part of it. Yes. You know, I I think, you know, we keep talking about rhythm and routines, putting that, that ability to reach out to other people, like soup is part of my routine. 
Yeah, it doesn't it. feel like a big deal to double a soup recipe for my and neighbors. And so isn't. we bring them to Paul. It's not. And we mm-hmm. bring it to other people. Mm-hmm. So like, what are you already doing or what would you like to do that you could double it for somebody else? Love that. Sherry, we just have a couple minutes. So mm-hmm. what would be your, the way that you embody God's welcome? You know, as far back as I can remember, um, I've always been a little on the fringes. And so when I started learning about being a highly sensitive person, a whole lot of things made sense, but that's only about 20% of the population. And then over the last few years, our family has discovered that there's quite a bit of mental illness and other developmental delays that was never talked about on both sides of the family. Mm -hmm. And so if it's okay for me to say it this way, I kind of feel like I've always been the queen of the island of misfit toys Mm -hmm. and um, that offering understanding and compassion Mm -hmm. um, to those who have felt defective, who have felt isolated, who have felt shunned and um, finding ways to say, I'm here, I'm listening, I get it. Um, you may not be able mm. to thrive in the big noisy world with everybody else, but here in this one-on-one space with me, or in this small group space with me, you make total sense. Wow. Like you don't have to explain yourself. I'm over here nodding and mm. I get it. Mm. And, um, it's not a big table, <laughs> um, but it's important that those who have felt like outsiders know that they are welcome wow. as well. Well, I heard recently that one of the biggest aspects of hospitality or welcoming is listening. Mm -hmm. And I can see that people uh, need your table and it doesn't have to be a big one because you get more talking more, you know, done. (laughs) And there's just fewer people. My husband always says, don't invite another family. It dissipates the fellowship. Well, that's just because he's an introvert, but um, we'll talk about (laughs) that another time. But uh, the idea is that you have welcomed people who need you and they need the fact that you've grown as well as everybody, you know, and they need your soup. So thank you, ladies. Uh, I was so blessed to hear you both today. And I will put all your uh, information in the show notes so that you can um, follow these great gals and buy their books. And we are going to be giving away a copy of An Abundant Place from the editor, or maybe those one of those eight copies you have in your house, uh, Kathy, mm-hmm. and we'll let you know who wins. So just comment uh, on the show notes or in Instagram. Uh, throughout the weekend, it'll close on midnight on Friday. So thank you, ladies. I, I appreciate you both so much. Thanks so much, Sue. Thank you. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here. <laughs>